Well, welcome tonight. Are you ready to hear just a little bit of word? Now, I'm looking at the clock tonight. I'm going to try to contain myself tonight. So give me a few minutes. I'll do my best to get this to you. I know you probably, some of you hadn't had supper yet, and I haven't had supper yet, so we'll get into the Word. If you have your Bibles tonight, grab them. Let's go way over in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Can somebody shout amen? Father, thank you for the Word we're about to receive. We do receive it with gladness and we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. we're talking about the authority of the believer. I am so excited that you've allowed me to continue with the series on it and not just get a message on it because I want it to get into your spirit. I want you to understand that you have a lot more say-so in your life and in your future and to a certain extent in your world, once you understand the authority you have as a believer in Jesus Christ. Now notice I didn't just say as a Christian, because a lot of Christians are not believers. Now they believe in Jesus, but that's about as far as they go. The rest of the Bible, they struggle to believe anything. But I'm talking about the authority of the believer tonight. So give me a few minutes just to cover a couple of things that we've looked at because I want to launch us over into something else tonight. Here in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image. Now, that's really important even with the subject we're talking about. Every human being on this planet, if you can see them, if you can see them, if they're in a flesh body, there's at least a part of that person that looks just like God. So you, you might as well just go ahead and love them because you're loving God. He said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth. Notice the words all just keep popping up here. All the earth, over every, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. And if you were with us last uh, Thursday night, I might have thrown your curveball when I said when God created them originally, they were both named Adam. That was a pretty big statement. And then we proved it from Genesis chapter 5 because Adam actually named Eve, Eve. And the reason God called them Adam, there was no difference. I mean, there was a difference in their body, but there was not a difference in their authority. There was no difference in their authority. Verse 28, and God blessed them, not just Adam. God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. We've really had no problem now. It's amazing. We've, we've done pretty good with that order of God. We got the first part right, be fruitful and multiply. But then he said, and then let them, and let them replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the earth, and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. So we talked about how God, when he created this planet originally, he, God was the creator, he was the author. Remember that word, meaning anyone that with authority, we have to find out, we have to go to the author to find out where that authority came from. God was the author of the planet. So he had the supreme authority, but he did not keep that authority. After he created the earth and he put Adam and Eve on this planet, he gave them the authority that he had over the planet. And he said, it's going to work for you just like it worked for me. I'm telling you, the birds will obey you. The, the, the cattle will obey you. Everything on this planet 
will respond to you as if they're responding to me because I'm giving you authority over it. Now think about that. Let it sink in. Quit thinking about God here and you here. Well, we know that in the reality of rank, that would be true. But when God created the planet, God said, I'm not going to come down here and run this planet. I've created it for you, and now I've given you the authority over it. I'm not going to come down here and do it all. It's up to you now. And see, we have to grasp. You have to get that in your spirit so that you don't always default back to, well, whatever God wants to do, God will do. See, originally, remember, this is the original way God wanted the order of the planet to go. Now, we talked about then how God transferred that authority to mankind. And then we talked about how do you exercise authority. We gave you these, these little tips. Number one, by what you say. So what you say is critical. We also talked about how it is not exercised. And this is not in my notes, so they may not get it on the screen. But I want you to go to the book of Hosea, chapter 4. That's in your Old Testament. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. It's near the end of the Old Testament. You've heard this verse. And I've quoted this verse, but I want to show it to you. I think I inadvertently said it was Habakkuk 4.6 in one of the other sessions. It's funny how later on I got it home that night and the Lord said, you gave him the wrong scripture. And I said, when? And he said, oh, I got it. So it's Hosea 4 and 6. And I want you to see this verse, and this is one of the most important verses you will ever read in your Bible because it will tell you why, it will tell you why God's people get sick and die early. It will tell you why God's people suffer needlessly. It will tell you why God's people get run over by the devil. It will tell you why God's people seem like a lot, I'm not talking about all of them, but some of them never win. They're always disgruntled. They're always oppressed. They're always beaten down. I'm giving you a verse right now that'll change your life if you can see it. Hosea chapter four, verse six. If you found it, shout amen. All right. It says, now notice what God is saying here. My people, my people, not the world, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and because they have rejected knowledge. So we told you that one of the tools that the devil, that the devil uses to keep us out of our authority is by us not knowing what belongs to us as believers. Lack of knowledge. See, I mean, we've got to get it out of our spirit. I, that's why I have to keep driving this point across. We cannot, we, we can't keep saying, you know, why doesn't God do something? When the Bible's told us we have authority. And, but listen, the devil will take advantage of you not having knowledge. Now, when I first became a baby Christian, I didn't know any of the Bible. And my pastor, which a lot of the folks at this church have met, he's a good man of God. He's, He's, uh, Brother Scott's probably approaching 70 now, and he's still pastoring. I mean, 50 years later almost, this man's still pastoring. And he's a good man of God. I'm not putting him down, but even he would say to you today, if he were in here with me, when he first started, he was a young minister. He didn't know anything, and he could only teach what he knew, and I surely didn't know anything. And the first couple years I was a Christian, I mean, yeah, I got born again. I was on my way to heaven. I felt great about that. But I'm going to be honest with you, the devil was still beating my brains out. And what I heard from some of the other saints was, well, when we all get to heaven, you know, in, in the sweet by and by, 
And, and all they would tell me was, well, every now and then you might win a battle, but for the most part, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to gut your way through, you know, until you get done. And the devil, and, and the devil beat me up. But now here's the truth. He didn't beat me up because he had the right to do it. He beat me up because I didn't know what my rights were. And the lack of knowledge is what almost destroyed me. We still have a problem in the body of Christ that God's people are being destroyed. That's what he said. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's why it's so important for me to get this word to you and put it in your heart and put it in your spirit and for you to put it in your mouth. And, and the next time the devil comes knocking on the door, you say, all right, let me tell you what. You got me last time, but I know what's mine now. And I'm coming after you in Jesus' name. Somebody out there shout amen. So then we read this over, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic Bible quickly and then we'll move on into some other things. God said, Genesis 126, Amplified Classic, God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that's the Trinity, the Godhead, let us make mankind, so that means man and woman, let us make mankind in our own image after our own likeness and let them have complete authority. That's what it really said in the Hebrew. God said, let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, so on and so on and so forth, over and over. And then you go down to verse 28, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it using all its vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion and so on and so forth. So God said to, to Adam and Eve, I have put you on a planet that is incredible. I've called, I've called, I put a seed inside of everything. You'll never have to, you'll never have to plant a tree because the trees have seed and they'll keep reproducing and the birds will keep reproducing and the, and the animals will keep reproducing. It's all there for you. It's going to be perpetual. And I, but I've also given you authority over all of it and all the vast resources of the earth are now in your hands. Now think about what God did. Well, we know how the devil is. The devil hated that. To fully understand this, let me give you again another one minute or 90 second review of Satan decided at some point, the Bible says there was iniquity found in him. He was not created that way, but Lucifer was in heaven. He was a worship, apparently a worship leader in heaven. And one day he got it inside of him that he could become God. And he uh, persuaded a third of the angels in heaven to listen to what he said. And he said, and I will raise my throne above the most high God. You'll have to read Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 to find this. And then in Luke 10, we covered this two or three sessions, how Jesus said, well, when that happened, here's what, here's what happened. The devil said, I'm going to raise my throne above the most high God. And Jesus said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he said, I've given you power and authority over scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now think about that. Now this is the New Testament where Jesus is basically saying what we're seeing in the garden. I'm giving you power and I'm giving you authority and the devil has no say so over your life now. You actually have power over him. And this was before he was even raised from the dead. So you have to understand that. But the devil saw what happened in the garden. Now, I want to teach you a little bit here. Spirits in this world have a limit to what they can do 
In other words, there are a lot of unseen spirits in this planet right now. There are principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And there are tens of millions and billions of angels because the Bible says there's 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. They're, they're all around us. In this room right now, in your house and around you tonight, there are all kinds of spirit beings. But the evil spirits are limited to what they can do because they don't have any authority unless they can get into a body. And that's how these spirits get authority. They, they get into a person's mind and that person allows them into their spirit and then into their body. And before you know it, you have people controlled by evil spirits. But in the garden, there were only two people. And the devil could not get in Adam and Eve yet. They had not fallen. They were sinless. He couldn't get into a sinless human being. But he found a way to get into the body of a serpent. And see, he had to have that serpent so that they could, he could be seen and he could operate. And he got in that serpent and he began to deceive uh, Eve there in the garden. And the Bible says Adam was with her. You know, it actually says that Adam was not deceived. Now, Eve at least was tricked. But Adam's standing right there and he wasn't even deceived. He just went along with the program. Are you listening to me? Now, I'm preaching Bible to you here and some of you guys, well, if a woman hadn't did what she did, yeah, but let me tell you something. Adam just stood there and went, duh. So, you know, we have to put some, the Bible says, actually the Bible says Adam sinned and Eve was deceived. And what we've been dealing with since the garden was the sin of Adam came on mankind and then, of course, Jesus had to go and pay the price for all of our sins. And it was really the sin of Adam that got passed down. It never said the sin of Eve. It said the sin of Adam, the first Adam. And he, he put all that sin on mankind. Are you listening to me? Now, I know some of this may be a little bit different than what you've been thinking, but we need to think, we need to agree with the Bible. See, what I'm trying to get you to do is agree with the Bible. Not with what you were taught in Sunday school or what not what, not what great-grandma taught you. They're all wonderful people, I'm sure, and probably saints and either in heaven or going, but we're talking about agreeing with the Bible. Somebody out there shout amen. Okay. So this planet was made with the idea of man having dominion over it or having authority. Everybody say authority. Now remember, the authority that you're given in any situation is only as strong as the person who was the author. Well, in this case, God was the author, so they had a lot of authority because it was granted by the author himself. Now, Eve, I told you that Eve was deceived, but Adam sinned. But let me ask you something. What was his sin? He didn't swear. He didn't curse. He didn't commit adultery. He didn't falsely accuse God. What was the sin of Adam? Now, that's a pretty good thing to think on for a minute before you spew it out and think you, you know what it is. Think about it a minute. What was Adam's sin? We don't see him committing any vile act there in the garden. We don't see him doing anything that we would call sin necessarily there in the garden. But remember this. God said, you have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That would mean even the serpent. And what we find out here 
is Adam's sin, are you ready for this, was not using his authority. That was Adam's sin. He didn't use the authority that God gave him. If someone puts you in employment and says, now you have to use your authority to make this job right and you don't use it, the odds are you're getting fired because you didn't use the authority you were given. They didn't put you in that position for you not. We put you there. We gave you that authority and we expect you to use it. And when you don't use it, they say, then, you know, you're fired because you transgress, you sinned, if you could say that, by not using your authority. Adam's sin was he didn't use his authority. Think about this. Now think with me, because see, we don't think enough. We read stories in the Bible and we just don't dig down. But God says to Adam, you're given, and Eve, you're given authority over everything. And the very first time that Adam has a chance to use his authority, he could have rebuked the devil right there and said, no, you get back on the earth, you crawl where you belong. I command you right now in the name of my God, you get down there, I have his authority. You get on your belly, you leave this garden and don't you ever come back. And if he would have done that, the devil would have slithered out of here, there and they would not have fallen. But the first opportunity that Adam had to use his authority, what did he do? He did not use it. And for some reason, that's been the way most of the body of Christ has been. Most of our walk with God, even when you realize you have your authority, we don't use it. And what it literally does is open the door for the devil. When the devil finds out, he knows you have authority because Jesus said, all power is given unto me both in heaven and earth. Now you go. He knows the authority has been given to you and me. But when he finds out you, you won't use it, he'll run right over the top of you. It doesn't, listen, some of you have seen parents that go, now, little Johnny, don't do that. Little Johnny, don't do that. You've been out in the store, and that, now, if you do that one more time, I'm going to get you. And then little Johnny does it 15 more times, throws himself in the floor, pulls stuff off the shelves. Well, what good is that authority for that parent if they don't use it? And let me tell you something, the devil does not play fair. He is not going to give you a break. He is not going to, he's not going to remind you that you have authority. If you want to sit around as a Christian like this with your hands folded the rest of your life, the devil will run right over the top of you. Now, if you hold on to your faith in the belief of Jesus Christ, yes, you'll die and go to heaven and that's a wonderful thing, but you'll live a miserable life on this earth because the devil will beat your brains out. And one day you and I will stand before God and I believe somehow, I've always believed this, that God's got some kind of a, I don't know if it's a hologram or what, but he's going to show us you know, like a review of our life. And I don't know, you know, I, I don't want to get up there and go, what in the world were you doing? How come you didn't stop this and this? And why didn't you stop that and that? And why didn't you speak again? And why didn't you? And God's going to say, you could have stopped all of that. But you didn't use your authority. Can I have a shout of amen out there from somebody? GP, are you with me? Come on now. So when Adam did not use his authority, he gave in to the devil and let him convince him. And the Bible says when he did that, that he fell there in the garden. And what he did, it's like he had the authority. He had it. He had the authority, but when he didn't use it, the devil took it from him. He gave it over to Satan. And Satan started running this planet and he ran it through 
century after century after century after century. Somebody said, well, why didn't God just come back down? Because this is going to be one of the biggest things you've ever, ever heard me say. And it's going to be hard for some of you to hear it. Because he couldn't. Somebody said, what do you mean he couldn't? God, while the devil does not play by the rules, God is bound to him. God is bound to his own word. He said, I swear to my own hurt, but I won't change. And God had given legal authority over to mankind. And when they surrendered it to the devil, God could not just take it back from him. Then Satan had a certain right on this planet to begin to wreak havoc. And boy, did he ever do it. God sent a flood to get rid of some, but see, notice there, why didn't God just come down and just smack the devil around and take it back? Because he couldn't. He had to get it back the way that he had it originally. It had to come through a woman. It had to come through a human being. It had to come to someone in the flesh, and that person would be Jesus. Some 4,000 years later, Jesus would come, and Jesus had to get back legally, legally. How did Jesus get back our authority? Because, see, the reason no other man could have, they got glimpses of authority, they got pieces of authority, they walked in some, of, some authority, but they didn't get it all back for one reason, because every single one of them, even the holy men of God and the prophets, still had a sin nature. They were still fallen. But when Jesus was crucified on that cross, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteous in God and the devil crucified a sinless man, and when he did it, that authority fell right back into the hands of man. And thank God that man was Jesus. And Jesus took that authority back when he was raised from the dead, and before he left the planet, he said, by the way, I have the keys of death and hell. Those are symbols of authority. He said, I have the keys here, and he said, I'm going to give all powers given to me both in heaven and in earth, but now you get it back. And he gave it back to the church and the church has acted like we never got it back. I don't know if I can get any plainer than that. I, I don't know what that's doing for you. I know some of you got some of this early, but I want to get this tonight. This is to get it compacted down in you so you never again see yourself as a weakling or see yourself as helpless when it comes to the attacks of the devil. Can somebody shout amen? Now, before Jesus could be born, there was another very significant event that set it up for him. Go to Genesis chapter 22. Boy, I got I to get this out to you real fast. Now, I told you it wouldn't be long tonight. Now you got me preaching. Praise God. Got me preaching. Hallelujah. Genesis 22. Now, we'll cut through the, the story here. It's about Abraham. It's about Isaac. Oh, do I want to teach you about this? There's so much to see in the story of Abraham and Isaac that we have missed so much of it. I mean, God went 13 years and didn't even talk to Abraham because Abraham tried to take matters into his own hand. Oh, you read that. It's in the Bible. See, again, there's stuff in the Bible. It's right in the Bible, and we don't see it. God went silent on Abraham for 13 years because he wouldn't do it God's way and he wouldn't listen and he tried to do it another way with Hagar and it was all out of whack and it was all wrong and there was no way that Jesus could be born through that lineage and it had to be through a covenant because when, when God, when, 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 when Adam gave over authority to the devil, the only way God could work in the earth was through covenants then. And he would find a man and make a covenant with that man. And that gave God some access back into the planet because he had a covenant. 
It didn't restore all the authority, but it did give God some access. And I know some of you are like, what do you mean he's God? But remember, God said, I swear to my own hurt and I won't change. So God started making covenants with man. He made one with Noah, really. I mean, he told Noah, you know, build the ark and you get on in your family. And they got on, they were saved. And after it was over, he said, "There's there's a rainbow here. It's a covenant that I'll never flood the earth again. So God made covenants. And I don't want to get into, I'd like to see now you got me thinking about this whole day. I want to tell you all about Abraham tonight and really dig into that story. But maybe that'll be next Thursday night in person in here for those of you who can make it. The rest of you online will get here. But here in chapter 22, now the ultimate test has come to Abraham. He has now become Abraham and there's a big story and why that all changed. He's become Abraham. God said, I want you to take, Isaac has been born now. The miracle's taken place. And the promise, the the, the begotten son, the one that God wanted is born. And God tells Abraham, take him up to Mount Moriah and I want you to sacrifice him as a sacrifice before me. Now, I don't know how Abraham processed that. I can't imagine, but he decided to obey God. And we're going to pick up the story quickly here in uh, verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, because he had had, he had had a conversation with an angel about this. And he said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing. Now he had taken him up there. He had gotten the fire, the fire was ready. They had the wood for the sacrifice. He even took out his knife or his sword or whatever it was he had. He took it out and raised it and was ready to kill Isaac on that. He was ready to offer his only promised son, not begotten, but promised son. He was ready to do it. And the minute he did that, the angel spoke to Abraham and said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Now remember, he had another one, but this was the only one God regarded that in blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. Now here's the part you got to see. And your seed shall possess the gate of your enemies. In other words, God said you have, you have painted a picture and opened a portal of heaven by doing this and you are planting a seed by your actions And now that you planted the seed of your actions of offering your son, you've opened the way for me to do that. And now your seed will possess the gate of your enemies. You know what that means? Authority. If you have have position over the gate of your enemies, you got authority over your enemies. You control what what comes in and what goes out. You control everything really because you have position over the gate. Can somebody out there shout amen? Now, in Hebrews 11, turn quickly there. Woo, I don't know if you're getting this tonight. We're treading in some deep water. I hope you got your thinking cap on and got your spirit open. And, and uh, I, I, I just, man, I've just enjoyed, I've enjoyed this series. I don't know if you have enjoyed hearing it, but I sure, I've enjoyed hearing it. And I don't, half of what I preach, I'm learning as I go, man. And I've been doing this 44 years. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. Uh, let's look down here. This is a great faith chapter, remember. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up 
his only begotten son. Now, isn't that interesting? Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. So Abraham went out there in obedience to God, had come to the point where he already had the knife ready, was ready to, to kill his son. And of course, God provided the sacrifice of a lamb right there beside him that took the place of Abraham's son. And it was a picture and a shadow of things to come of Jesus, the son of God. God was giving, and because Abraham, listen, because Abraham's obedience opened the heavens, we, we owe a debt to Abraham because he did an act of obedience that was as big as anyone on this planet, and it gave a picture and a portal for heaven for God then to have the right to send his son to die in the place of us. He became the Lamb of God. You know, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Wow. All of this was to get us back in a position of God, of not only mercy and grace, but also a position of, someone say authority. Somebody out there say authority. Can you shout amen? Now, the church, I'm beginning to think about fixing to get ready to start closing. And you're thinking, wow, he is going to go fast. I promised I would. I'm trying to stick with it. Luke chapter 19. Luke 19. Are you receiving something tonight? Now, I am desperate, I'm desperate to get you past information. You're getting information. I'm desperate to get you past revelation. Now, revelation is when information becomes alive. See, I don't want you to just get head knowledge about this. Revelation means you got it here, but it quickened to your spirit. So, I'm, I mean, I don't want you just so to get information and revelation. I want this to provoke transformation. I want this to transform you. So when something comes against you, your first reaction is, oh no, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that. And I want, you, I want to get you to that place so that you make a stand the first time the enemy tries to pull something over on you or harm you or come against your family. You don't wait. You don't hesitate. It becomes something automatic. You go, oh no, in Jesus' name. That's not happening around here. Now, if the Bible calls the devil a thief, would you let a thief just walk into your house and you're sitting there and just watch him take stuff, take your kids off, I mean, take your stuff off? Well, of course you wouldn't. I mean, you go, oh, no, oh, no, you're not coming. First of all, if you saw him coming, the Bible said if you knew what time a thief was coming, you'd be ready. And you would, you'd say, oh, no, you better not come around here, buddy boy. Let me tell you one thing. You come around here, you're going to wish you hadn't because I'm going to hurt you. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Now, this is a story of Zacchaeus, and God restores him. It's a wonderful story. But in verse 10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, I think, of course, that means human beings and it means people. But I think it's a broader meaning because if we look at the whole life of Jesus and the way he uh, ended it and how he came back and told us. I believe he was also saying the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost, including human beings and their authority that they lost. I believe Jesus came to get us back in authority. We've been sworn in. You may not know that. Go to Matthew 16. I'm getting close to closing. Can you believe it? 
Somebody out there saying, praise the Lord. <laughs> Pastor, we even going to close early tonight? Well, I'm going to try. If I can get a couple of amens, if I can see the camera shake because you're amening so loud from your house and I can feel the, the vibrations coming through, you might, get me, you might get me to get done here in just a bit. Matthew 16, there was a question about who Jesus said, who do, who do people say I am? I'm curious to see what kind of feedback you're hearing out there. And they all said different things. You're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter says, here in, uh, you know, he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, of course, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven, has revealed it to you. And I say unto you, Peter, that uh, you are the rock and I'll build, my, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And look at verse 19. And I will give. Now, if, if I said I'm going to give you something, you should say, well, what is it? What, do you get? what are you going to give me? And uh, depending on, if someone tells you they're going to give you something and you know they're good for it, they're not just, a lot of people tell you they're going to do something they never do. But if somebody tells you they're going to give you something and they, you know they're good for it, your next question is going to be, what is it? And you know if they say they're going to do it, they're going to do it because, again, they've proven themselves to you. Jesus said, and I will give unto you. Now, Peter represented, because he says in verse 18, my church. So Peter represented the church. That would be you and me. He said, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, what are these keys for? What are these keys for? Now, a key, as you know, is something that gives you the right of passageway. You can go in. If you have a key, you can enter a place. All right? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So you have an entryway into where? The kingdom of heaven. So these keys are really important. I mean, all of us lose our keys. You don't want to lose these keys. I mean, these keys are, are priceless. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. While you're on this planet, while you're in a physical body, I'm going to give you the keys. And he's not talking about the place heaven. He's talking about the kingdom. And a king, the word kingdom means king's dominion or king's authority, kingdom. I mean, if you're a king, you're not, if you don't have anybody under you, you're not a king. It's what you have dominion over that makes you the king over something. So I'm going to give you the keys to the king's dominion. Notice this. And whatever, he's talking to you and me, whatever you bind on earth. I, no, Jesus, bind that spirit, Jesus. He's not going to bind that spirit. Oh, God, bind that evil spirit. He's not going to bind that evil spirit. That authority has been transferred. You've been given. I wish I'd have brought my keys out. You've been given the keys. He said, and whatever you bound on earth, sounds like somebody with authority. If you can bind something, you must have some power and authority. <coughs> Excuse me. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound by heaven. In other words, God says, I'm backing you up. Now, I was made, I told you, a little manager of Dairy Queen. I was 16 years old. I went to work there when I was 15, and I worked with a woman at night who, well, I worked with my sister for a while. Uh, we worked a little bit together. She worked day shift, I worked night. But then I went to work at night for a woman who was 40 years old. 
Now that woman did not work very hard. She loafed a lot. I, didn't, I did not narc on her, but it was pretty obvious he wasn't doing a good job. Well, I went in there and as a little kid, man, I, I'm a go-getter. No matter what I do, I give it a thousand percent. Within a month, I could do everything in that store. I knew how to close it. I knew how to count the money, how to put it up. I knew, I knew how to take them. And I'm not mechanically minded, but I knew how to take the ice cream machines apart and fix them. And I mean, I, I applied myself 100%. And I didn't, I, somehow everybody worked at night and said, that will, that guy will you got? Boy, he is something else. That guy's dynamite. I mean, he has really got the goods. And my, my boss called me in, Mr. Smith called me in about two months into my, uh, my time there. He said, I want you to come in and see me. He said, uh, Will, I'm going to make you night manager. I said, excuse me? He said, I know you just turned 16, but I'm going to make you night manager. He said, man, I've heard nothing but good things about you. He said, now let me tell you something. You're the manager, so you're in charge, and I want you to know it. And he said, now you, you got you to, gotta, you know, can you handle it? I said, well, sir, yes, sir. I can do it. And uh, I remember he didn't ever work at nights, and he stayed over. The, the day he called me in, he stayed over till the night crew got there, and he said, as of today, Will is my night manager, and whatever he says goes. And let me tell you something. I'm backing him. So when he tells you something, I want you not to hear it just as Will saying it. I want you to hear it as me. And they all said, yes, sir. And after that, you know, I kind of felt a little weird. I mean, I had a 40-year-old lady working with me. I had a couple of seniors in high school, and I was 16 years old, and a couple other folks working with me. But I, and I, I'm not power crazy or hungry, and I didn't go in there being goofy and a brute and all that. But the point I want to make with you, notice he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed by heaven. And what, what God is saying here is, I'm going to back you up. I'm giving you keys, I'm giving you dominion, I'm giving you authority, and let me tell you something, those demons are going to know when you step out there and you speak it with boldness and you speak in authority and you speak in Jesus' name, don't you think that they won't know who you are and they're going to do what you say because they know that, you're, that I'm right behind you. I've got your back on this one. And if you stand up, I'm standing up. And if you bind, I'm binding. And if you loose, I'm loosing. Can somebody shout amen? I'm going to close by reading this out of the Message Bible because it is so good. If you have a Message Bible nearby or you can pull it up on your iPad or something, they'll probably put it on the screen. But I want to close with this right here. I want to read it from the Message Bible to make sure you understand what Jesus said. Jesus came back to Simon Peter. He said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of books or from teachers that Jesus was the Son of God. My Father in heaven, God himself, let you in on this secret of who I really am. Watch these verses. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. Whoo, man. When I read this, I got, I'm getting the tingles right now. Jesus said, you got it right. I'm the Son of God. But now it's time for you, Simon Peter, to find out who you really are. He said, you are Peter, a rock. This is the rock that I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. 
Oh, man, you ought to be jumping up and shouting and dancing. I want to see you typing a bunch of hallelujahs and amens. And praise God, hallelujah, thank Jesus, amens out there. There ought to be little hearts and little thumbs up fluttering everywhere. I'm going to read it again. This is so good, I'm going to read it again. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you who you really are. You're a Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I'll put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. And that's not all. I like it. He keeps, and that's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. Can you shout amen? Keys to open any and every door. Listen to this. No more barriers between heaven and earth than earth and heaven. <laughs> this is all in the scriptures here. A yes on earth is a yes in heaven and a no on earth is a no in heaven. Can somebody out there shout amen? My God in heaven. Wow. Now it is time for you and for me to find out who we really are in Christ Jesus, and not let the devil run over the top of us, run over the top of our family, run over the top of our health, run over the top of our children, run over the top of our nation. Right now, God's people need to cry out together, red, yellow, black, and white, join arms and hands and say, no more injustice, no more inequity, none of that mess. Everybody gets treated fairly, and demons, devils, get out of our land, get out of our landscape. You're not welcome here anymore. We are the body of Christ in the earth. You have to do what we say, and we're not putting up with it anymore. In Jesus' name, somebody again shout amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I don't know how it's hard for me to stay on this stage. I want to take off running and run a couple of good laps in here right now because this is heavy-duty, high-octane stuff here. And don't you let the devil put it in your head, well, but I'm not Pastor William, and I've got this. And no, 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 stop it. Are you blood-bought? Are you a Christian? Have you been born again? Because those are the qualifications. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be someone who's eloquent in the way that you speak. You don't have to be any of that. You just have to say, I believe what my God has done and I, I accept that I have authority and I'm going to enforce it and use it in Jesus' name. Somebody out there just give the, the just give a good old praise the Lord, man, from the old days. A praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I can just hear Pastor Nancy. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody praise God out there. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, thank you for this tonight. Your word is so rich, true, deep, wide. This wonderful series we've been going on and, and in and may even continue, Lord. We don't want to, we just want to hear from heaven. It is time that your people assume their position, that they fall into rank and they have been sworn in now and they've been authorized to take your word and take your blood and take your spirit and take your name. Father God, and enforce it in the earth and not let themselves and others around them get beat down, beaten down anymore. Oh God, please tonight, Lord, let us not just, when we're done tonight, turn it off, forget about it, get up tomorrow, be beat down again, not use our authority. Let us not be like Adam. He sinned because he would not use the authority that he was given. And then it resulted in catastrophic events on the planet because he wouldn't use his authority. Lord, we don't want catastrophic events in our country anymore. We don't want catastrophic events in our house anymore. 
we decide to walk in the authority, Lord, humbly, giving you praise and honor all the way, not claiming that it's because of what we've done, but knowing it's because of what Jesus has done for us. Say it tonight, I have God-given authority in my life. No longer will I allow the devil to run over me, run over my family, run over, run over my country. Jesus, I humbly receive and I accept this authority to bind, to loose, to see that the will of God will be done in the earth. You said on he in heaven and on earth as it is in heaven. That's my prayer, Lord. I receive it in Jesus' name. Devil, you got to look down to do this. I serve notice on you. You don't get in my house. You don't run my life. You don't get my money. You don't get my family. I'm in charge, not you. In the name of Jesus, you stay under my feet. I resist you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we didn't read it, but you know the scripture. If you resist the devil, the Bible says he will flee from you. Does that sound like, who sounds like has authority? Does the devil have authority or you have authority? If you resist him, he has to run. Seems to me like you have it. Now, we've got to enforce it in Jesus' name. Can you shout one more time, amen? I'm so glad we got together tonight. We're going to receive our offering. Get ready out there. Some of you have given already, and, and I know a lot of this is symbolic, but uh, i got to get mine ready, so if you'll forgive me for a minute, you can go to 931-240-3033, 931-240-3033, and you can give online. I'm going to do it right now. I love it. It's my favorite new way of giving. Uh, Pastor Ginger and I have been doing this, so I'm going to give a nice offering right there. I just feel like giving a little bit extra tonight. I'm so fired up. I want to give more, so I'm giving a little bit extra there. I just gave my offering just like that. I gave it. Uh, standing here before you while I was talking, I just gave into my offering. I didn't have to put it in an envelope. I didn't have to write a check or anything like that. And I sent it out, and I'm already getting my uh, receipt right here in front of me. So uh, tonight, there are ways to do it, though. You can give online. You can go to www.faithoutreach.org www.livestreamchurch.com You can go to our app, which is FOC Mobile. You can download it if you haven't. Probably most of you are. You're watching through it tonight. You can give on our app. Uh, you can give, uh, I mentioned through the text giving there. You can also give uh, through mail, 731 Windermere Drive, 731 Windermere Drive, 37043. We have a lot of people out of state giving and a lot of people around the world giving. Thank you for all of you who don't attend here, but you believe in what we're doing and you're sowing your seed and we are praying over it and we're just believing for massive breakthroughs for you. We're believing that we're going to control the second half of this year from July to December. Maybe the first part of the year the devil got his way, but the second part of the year it's going to be those of us in charge and under authority. So you can give by sending it to 731 Windermere Drive, 37043. You can also bring it by the office here. There's a place out by the admin wing. You can leave it in the box. Make sure you follow instructions of where to put that. And then, of course, you can still come by tomorrow uh, from 8 to 12. There'll be someone here to receive it, and uh, we want to bless you for it. Remember early in this whole process, folks, I just want to say to you how thankful I am that you've been so faithful for these last two and a half, almost three months, 
Pastor Ginger and I, I'll be honest with you folks, and we have a lot of faith, and it takes it to get here, but honestly, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of a daunting thing to think uh, two and a half months ago that we were going to be forced out of the building and we wouldn't get to assemble, and obviously, we're responsible for everything here financially, and there's only two people that have their names on any documents for this church, and I'm one of them, and Pastor Ginger's the other, and if this thing had all gone south... Goodbye our house, goodbye our cars, goodbye our stuff, because that's the way this has always been. And we're, we're, not a, we're not afraid of that, and we're thankful to be able to do it. But the point is, I want to say to you, you've been so faithful, and you have stood like just warriors through this. You've been faithful to give. You've been faithful to pray. You've been faithful to encourage us as we've tried our best to encourage you. Most FOC members that come here have gotten a call or text or a lot of texts from me. Now, obviously, I can't keep, doing it, keep, keep that face up much longer. I can't send you a text before every service. Uh, but that's me doing that, by the way, and it's not a blanket. I'm individually sending those texts out, and I'm telling you, I got like 150 texts, and it's taken me a long time, but you're worth it, and you guys have been faithful. I cannot say enough how much we appreciate you, how much we thank you. And, uh, you know, we just love you, man. We're, we're, we're very blessed to have you in our lives. And thank you for seeing the vision of our church and keeping it alive. And we appreciate it. All right, let's give tonight. Let me pray over you. Uh, just say this with me. Say, Father in heaven, thank you that your word says that it gives you good pleasure to see me prosper. And I will prosper because I'm a giver. I want to be just like you, Lord. I'll give to my family. Take care of them. Give to others. Take care of the ministry in the church because you bless me. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name.